Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss to do this program. And therefore, we want to offer it to everyone to please call up, feel free, and to share your questions or your comments. The number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we really look forward to having questions and comments. Always the live questions, live comments are fantastic. We'd also like to just share up this. And what is the text number that people can ask? 347 Um, let's go see over here. You know, you sent us a question. What is the te- the text number where people can ask the question? All right. Well, we'll have Rabbi Nissen come back. Now, let's read the question that he sent us. For Rabbi Weinberger, thank you and Rabbi Nissen for all you do. It's unbelievable. Can you explain the difference between CBT and psychoanalysis when someone uses each of these thanks in advance? I feel that I need to... I thank this person's question because I've said something last week that actually was not correct. It was partially correct, I should say, but it wasn't correct for other countries. For the United States, it was correct. For other countries, it wasn't. Now, let me clarify. Someone has called up the program asking that they are they're going to someone that has a degree as a psychoanalysis. Is there such a degree or not? And I said, no, there isn't. And I need to clarify, in the United States, there isn't such a degree. That means in the United States, there's a licensing board, which each state has their own licensing board. Even though each state has their own licensing board, throughout the entire United States, they're basically all the same levels. means you have the same criteria. In other countries, especially in Europe, they do not have such a rigorous or such a tight, rigid state boards as the United States has. And therefore, there are, let's say, certifications that you can get, two or three years training. One of them is in psychoanalysis that you do not have in the United States. So by us, you're called a licensed, whatever it should be, a social worker, mental health counselor, psychologist, and then you take training. In England, because that's where I've started getting some information regarding, there are two or three-year trainings where you're called a psychoanalysis. And therefore, you're able to do therapy based on that degree. So I still need to say that when people are asking questions, it might be important to start adding, and now from which country you're from, because it depends a lot on the country that you're asking. And therefore, sometimes my answers might not actually be that correct. Now, let's go to actually answering the question. So the question is, what is, can I explain the difference between CBT and psychoanalysis? I can tell you that these are the two opposite degrees that are out there probably in the world. Rav Nissen, before I explain why they're so opposite, can you share with everyone the text number to, call, to text in the question if they would like? It's yes. 347. 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. And uh, the phone number, as you know, it's 718-683-5858-683-5858, and that's it. Excellent. So let's explain the difference between CBT therapy and psychoanalysis. 
there, I also need to give a little disclaimer. There is now called modern psychoanalysis. But psychoanalysis was the first method of therapy that was created and done by Freud. He is the first therapist, and he has made a system. Psychoanalysis is very much about getting into the subconscious, realizing your thoughts, recognizing connections, and it is a beautiful and a powerful system. In a lot of the system that I've created that I do, which has got to do with tuning in, I use a lot of concepts from psychoanalysis. However, CBT is the exact opposite, which means psychoanalysis does not work on a subject or on a issue. It's what's going on right now. And you talk, and the therapist is trained how to ask questions where you'll get more insight. So, for example, if I would share that I've had a very tough day today, and the person would ask, what happened? And then I might go, I had a fight with someone. And what does that mean to you? That means to me that maybe people don't like me. Maybe I have a problem getting along with people. And if people, if you would have that issue that you don't get along with people, then what does that mean to you? And they help through inquisitive questions. Rarely do they challenge you. And they help through inquisitive questions for you to get an idea as to what's going on, what's happening by you. CBT is almost the exact opposite. CBT is, what is the problem? Let's understand the problem. Let's challenge the problem. And let's do behaviors that you will do right now. And therefore, most of the studies show that for certain diagnoses, for an example, OCD, CBT is very powerful. Or they have now the new updated CBT, which is the ERP therapy. And as well as using whatever else should be. But, for C, but it's again, it's a CBT concept. OCD, we're not talking about your feelings. Same things with addiction. Dealing with analysis for addictions are terrible. Can, can analysis help a little OC, um, anxiety and depression? Yes, it can help you gain an insight as to why you're happening. However, and again, I'm referring now to the United States. In the United States, we still use, and I use that because that's the training and the way I think along these lines, is you need to have a cognitive shift. You need to have sometimes behavioral exercise that the person's going to do, and otherwise it can take a very long time for that to change. Rav what do you say to the difference between someone talking about getting an insight, what's happening in their lives, versus when someone is given um, directive, do this, this is the problem, change, work on it? I'm sorry, I just was uh, involved with the phone line, just I'm sorry, I just I didn't hear you. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is your field. <laughs> I can tell you the difference between the, the insulation and the walls. Okay. Good. I also want people to know that I find psychoanalysis very, very powerful for healthier people. And I mean healthier, I mean people that have an awareness into themselves. So that means I know someone that has, is in a very difficult relationship for years, and they're very busy blaming the spouse. Now, I'm not saying that the spouse was healthy. However, I was very easily able to identify quote-unquote, the one that's complaining about the spouse, so let's call A, the one that's blaming B, and B does have issues. But A was not seeing themselves. A was not identifying the pattern that what they have with their spouse is also with other people. And analysis has done a great job with this person to have the awareness. Analysis does take time. This person's over two years in therapy. 
However, the shifts are monumental. So creating an awareness for someone is a lot easier than OCD or doing CBT. I don't want to say it's easier, but you can sometimes see the results quicker. However, analysis is like, it's a deeper level, goes into the kishkas, and that's where therapy started. So I think the two systems are fantastic. You need to know what you are going for to know which system is best for you. Revnissen, do we? I would like to show everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we would like to have some callers. Please feel free to call up and ask your question. Do we have any callers right now, Revnissen? Uh, right now, no. I have some text. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and take some of the texts that we received. Hi, good evening. I am an OCD graduate, Baruch Hashem. I am working with a woman that has severe OCD, in my opinion, and keeps on checking to see that she has made no spelling mistakes and that her tasks have been done. Keeps on looking at her watch to make sure that she saw the right time. This triggers me a lot. I'd like to know if I can relapse. In the beginning, I was copable, but now I feel a little anxious working with her, and I'm feeling anxious that I might lose all the skills I was taught. Thank you. So an interesting question. I have zero information. If you can please share through Remnison. Are you a licensed therapist? Do you have skills? Do you have someone supervising you? Are you going for therapy? These are all checks and balances that we do in the system. It means you've got a supervisor. A therapist generally will be going to therapy or should be going or might enhance themselves going for therapy while they are working with people because you will get triggered. You're not the Yitzim in a klal, you're part of the klal. This is what happens when you work with people. Yeah, so when people deal with harder clients, they can see less clients because of the amount that they can be triggered. Wow. Well, I just, listen, yeah. Yeah, I just know. <laughs> which I'm trying to, to, you know, jiggle between the phone, the text, and unfortunately, we have a lot of phones, but they don't answer, you know. I'm just oh. to, okay, so this is one of these cases that... So having just, a problem that where the people are calling, yes. but the phones aren't picking up. I just want to remind that the people, you know, just, I know they got a phone call from uh, England uh, about the, the, the phone lines that to listen. Uh, from our side, the J-Root is uh, the uh, 033-33. It's mean four times three and six six zero one zero six. This is in England and Israel. It's zero seven nine five seven four two zero two nine. Beside our listening number here seven two zero seven eight seven ten forty six. The additional number to the seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine. And another num- num- another number that we have here is seven one two four three two four two one seven seven one two four three two four two one seven. I know that we have. I understand that from the people right now, the seven two zero is a little bit loud, and we're trying to work with the technician right now. The best solution is if you can reduce the low the volume by your phone, you can listen clear. Uh, this is something that I try right now to work with the technician. Uh, that's it now. Uh, any, I know what. And last week we spoke about a little bit uh, advice for the, the shiduchim and stuff like this. Uh, what what is the the topic? Uh, maybe a topic to, that we can just 
raise the bar to, today, you know? Yeah, definitely. Sounds like something that we can do. And I, I just want to say that, you know, the, talking about uh, we, the Rabbi Wickler spoke about it, and last week we spoke with, with Dr. Rabbi Simcha and you about uh, school participation in our programs. Very, very important. Anyone that, you know, just uh, uh, anyone that want to uh, uh, to get from our uh, our host, like Rabbi Mordechai Weinberg and uh, Rabbi Wickler and Rabbi Dr. Simcha Cohen and Nitzig Gimflick, Rabbi Greenfield, that we participate in the school, you know, teachers, principal, uh, that have, you know, idea about, want information about kashrut, about therapy, about bulliness, about uh, uh, guiding the bachurim or, or, or girls for, for before the weddings, can use us, can use the, 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 the radio uh, host, uh, the professionalism and the awareness of our station to, to call and our our people just will be gladly participating in, uh, in, in the school's uh, system uh, to, uh, to work with. You know, we, we spoke about uh, something that Parashat HaShavua just uh, raised a small, small point here. You know, when, uh, when Kadosh Baruch Hu asked Moshe Rabbeinu to take the stick and go to that rock and to take out the water, right? And over there, yeah. they, they're using the word Amorim, the rebels, yeah. but also Amorim, it can be the teachers. And I, I learned from this a big, big lesson about this, that yes, you have to take the sticks as, as a power of their authority. But talking is the most important. And you can't get out water from the rock, and meaning that you get a child that it look like to you as a rock, but you can't produce you from him. And this is lesson for all our teachers, you know, that just... And this, you feel now, and continue. I'm trying to answer the phone call now, right now. Okay. All right, so again, for those who would like to ask the question, 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And literally what Rav Nissen is saying, it is so important for us to recognize that in children, such gems, such potential, but we need that balance, that delicate balance of when to be assertive, when to be easy. That is so important, and most of us don't have it, or most of us need to practice that. I, I don't enjoy the words I said, don't have it. We find it a balance that we need to do. And it is possible, Mertushem. But we got to work on it. Uh, let's see if we can get any of the numbers going. 718-683-5858. And again, to text if you'd like, 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. So many of you are up in the mountains with a lot of situations starting now, having bunk, or let's say bungalow mates, having people speaking to each other, having people not speak to each other, finding yourself in a certain group, finding yourself not in a certain group, thinking your friend will be with you at a certain level, then finding out that they're not being there with you on that level that you expected. Each of these are issues that are very normal that comes up with adults. We're not even talking about children. We're just talking about a lot of normal stuff that happens. And if we can be aware the inner power, the inner peace that when we are comfortable means if everyone is in the group and you're not there, 
look at what do I have. You have the choice to look and look at that group and say, oh, yeah, I'm not there, I'm not there, I'm not there, and that's going to knock you down. Or you have the ability to look at yourself and to say, what do I want to do? How can I enjoy being exactly where I am? And with Merit Hashem, with Siyata Deshmaya, we see big changes when people can focus on where they are. Very, very important to realize where we, what we do have. And if you have one friend to speak to, you have one friend to call, that's a lot. We're busy comparing. Yes, there are a couple of extroverts. means they're loud, they're arranging. You tell them no, and they're still arranging things again and again, and they're moving on. And then you've got those people that are more sensitive, and they're thinking, I don't have friends, or people don't want to talk to me. But the question is if you've actually tried interacting with people, or connected, or tried several times to connect. Wow. It's also one similar story I'd like to share with you, that I have a friend of mine that has mentioned to me that he is a head counselor now in a camp, and the camp had several trips, let's say, prepared, and they prepared with another camp. And they've got a while till it works itself out. But it looks like that camp teamed up with another camp, which wasn't supposed to happen. But all of a sudden, they found out that one of their dates are wrong. And I don't want to go, let's say, so Camp A called up Camp B, let's do something together. Camp B called up another camp, this so they can split the camps, so there's Camp C. Now Camp C and B say it's one date that they have the the situation, and Camp A says that it's a certain date. Now, this story didn't happen now. This story happened last year. Now, what happened was A and B were fighting over what's the right date. It's very simple. You can call up the company. The company said both days were booked, and each one gave a separate deposit thinking that they're giving the deposit. Now, do we see how miscommunication happens in companies in places where where two people are running something they want to help each other and the company the place that they book does not want to give back the money this is normal many times in places of responsibility of a person that's a leader and sometimes parents can feel frustrated where they try something and it doesn't work out, or it's not working out the way they expect. Well, you can have a husband say one thing and a wife say another. Now there became a pretty big fight between A and B, because A told B, how dare you have C? I would have brought other ones, and we wanted our kids to have enough room. B says, you never told me you can't. Can't do that. And the situation in leadership, where it's not discussed, where it's not clear, has almost exploded. Baruch Hashem, they had enough time in advance that A and B chose to do different different days. B got another company besides for C, got D, got another camp or day camp, whatever that was. And A had early enough time to get another one and two other ones. But they both learned to be very clear who's involved, who's making the decisions, who's leaving the let's say, the deposits, and very clearly who can do something and who can't do something. And this is very important for us to recognize when we're dealing with 
children, especially we have a mother and a father, Baruch Hashem, but different styles, kids know how to play the parents, that this way they should get what they want. I'm going to go ahead and just share a question of Nissen just sent. Good evening, Mr. Weiminger of Nissen. I have a neighbor that's sort of frummed out. She is taking upon herself new trust every day. How somehow, along with this, she is also appearing more egotistic, too. Lately, it's become to the point that even being nasty, yelling at little children, etc., I am confused. I want to figure out if it's because she doesn't want her kids to play with my kids, or maybe something is going on. I know that this holier-than-thou thing is a trigger to me. How can I ask her about it in a clear, sensible way and remain chilled? Great question. I really don't know about the, so many details what happened to this person. So if you're brave enough, please call up so I can answer your question. This is a beautiful question, you know, that uh, we're facing every time. And I tell That's you that right. I, I want to tell you something personal story that, uh, and something that uh, we, I had a few, few incidents like this. And from my experience, I, I answer my, uh, the question. When we come to America, basically we wasn't we were we we wasn't at all religious, puts like this, you know. Yeah. And we're the neighbors that my kids come to America and are just new in the town, new in the neighborhood, trying to play, and some some neighbors basically push them away. Oh, don't go to this family, don't go. To... And I, I understand, I can understand, we know, there was a friend of, you know, we had, we had, uh, we had a TV in the house, you know, all this, okay, home out. But uh, again, the, the kids, uh, the kids are kids, and I, I you know, we, we, we understood it and we continue. About 20 years after, and this is something that it's a lesson to all, to all of us. 20 years after, my kids are learning in yeshivot, all of them. My kids are from, and we are from, and their kids, I would say, none of them, I would say that none of them are religious. Wow. Big, big lessons. And these are all the people that are trying to put humot upon themselves and upon this. If it's really amistic, and you understand what is what is all about to be a religious, a from. You have to understand the other side also. And yeah. I, I'll tell you, this world, it's a, it's a complicated subject because on one hand, we are so afraid that if our children get exposed or meet anyone, they're going to go over the derech. And we some see it where kids are very susceptible. And therefore, we want to protect them at those younger years for them not to see something. Just take an example, gadgets. Let's say you don't have um, smartphones in your house, and if you do, it's filtered. And all of a sudden, you send your kids to another house. Let's even say where you don't want them to have the smart gadgets. And they see that. All of a sudden, they want it. There are games you can download. There's playing. There's texting their friends. But unfortunately, as we know, the dangers of it, that it can be terrible and risky. Now, how do you set a balance to your children as in telling them, look, it is maybe they have a filter, so it's okay with what they're doing. However, we don't want it. 
And children at that age are professionals of making parents feel guilty. You're too from, not understanding with this generation, there's nothing wrong with it, you're being cheap. And instead of appreciating that, what we do as the parents, sometimes we can be hurt. So the easiest thing to do is say, don't interact with a person, don't talk to them. The danger of isolating is if it's done on a healthy level, then it's okay. But how many times, as Reb Nissen said, it's coming from an unhealthy place. And if it's an unhealthy place, unfortunately, the children are not going to want to be doing that or following anything that happens if it comes from an unhealthy place. And that's the danger of when we start telling someone, don't interact with others. So I know I've had that a little bit where some of my children, I don't want to go into any details because people that I know listen, but there was a, uh, let's call it a teenager or a kid in one of the classes where they weren't going down the right path. And we did have a bit of a struggle, like how to interact. So we said, you know what, in our house, you can come over, but no, you can't go alone with them. And that, that kid didn't understand why and was actually disappointed. Why not? You don't trust me. And in that environment, I don't. We had a hard time about how much we wanted them to hang around. And that one wanted speaking late at night. And that one wanted, you know, talk about subjects that we heard that we don't discuss in our house. And that was a struggle of how, to, how much to allow your kid because, yes, we are part of Kali Yisrael. And if someone's not religious, we have the ability to help them be religious. On the other hand, how much of it will affect you and will hurt your family if you, if you, don't, if you don't set healthy boundaries? And that's always the balance, the struggle that we have in this generation, our, in our generation, and it's a scary balance because when we start going too much to an extreme, unfortunately, we don't always see the right. We don't see, as Reb Nissen said, I'm also aware of a certain family that when the families were getting older, they're, let's say, in their early 30s, one side was, quote, unquote, a frummer. Let's say there were a couple of friends that was frummer. And they told the other friends, you know something, let's disconnect from this other friend because their kids aren't that from, they're not going armahalach, let's, let's disconnect, let's separate. And they really did separate from this friend, and the friend really didn't understand why, saying, we're doing the same things. We want our kids to be from her. My kids aren't being from her, but we could still be friends. They're not doing anything. We can still get along. And it was a cold disconnect. As the same story goes, or missing as yours, years later, this one where supposedly the kids were more modern, Almost everyone is still in Kyle, but everyone is wearing black hats. Again, not to say that wearing a clothing <laughs> means how from you are, but it is a representation. And the other ones, which are supposedly frommer, are actually not doing it. Are actually not wearing any hats, and they are from, but very modern Orthodox. Yes, I, I would say that it's it's so. I, you know, we're talking about it so many times about trust. Trust, trust, trust. And this, especially this generation, you cannot hide nothing. You cannot hide, you cannot hide, hide your, your way of your acting and you cannot play. You know, first of all, kids are very smart. They can understand and can feel their parents if they are really funny or amistic. If they're sincere or not sincere. 
And this is some very important lesson in my, you know, for for me as a parent, as a, a father, as a husband, I I look I look at this study if I my motives my my act are really is emmet or not, and the kids feel it. Kids knows it, and even you know, John. Sometimes my kids drive me crazy, and you know, going over there that, but I know that I put the limit, the borders, and I said, I trust you. I love you. I trust you. Trust me, because many times, you know, as as you see a kid three years old running to the street, you just pull him out from the street and give him my maybe a small patch and and behind, giving the the right direction. And this yeah. something is very important to all of us, right? Yes, Reb Nissa, what would you say to that? Because you're now on both sides. Means you're now from your kids are from. I'm trying to be from. That's I, I'm not trying so much from. You know that's from. Yeah. Is, I, I don't have a black hat and I don't have a white shirt. You know. <laughs> yes, but your beard is longer than most people have, and you have the payas that are longer than most people. So, but this you're is having not, it. In a, you're having it in a different way. Yeah. This this is this is not uh, a, a, you know symbol. It's I, I have my own personal uh, story about this beard and the payas, but it, this is t- different. I, I my my my. Yeah, my all my the the point of view that I want to put that is really it's important what we are teaching our kids and what how to expose them. Definitely, if you expose them to the re- wrong environment or if you don't them, you know, I'm telling you, uh, the beauty can ch- take if you teach your kid not to eat candy from nobody, right? If it's not kosher and stuff like this, you can see three, four years old and have stories that people uh, become balechuva only because of this. When they see a kid that he has in his end chocolate bar and he really desire it and he go to his mother or his father and said, Abba, Ima, this is kosher and said no, he would throw it to the garbage. This is something that we, uh, as as a parents, to uh, to learn about it, the self control and what what is all about to be this from the truth in inner truth. But when you take a kid and said, "Don't touch it, don't do it, don't eat it," and no other, no, that's no, uh, no, 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 and uh, this, you basically create a lot of curiosity in the kid, and eventually. When he open his so-called open his eyes or get exposed to the uh, what do you call maim gnuvimim taku, you know, uh, stolen water is sweeter. This is something that uh, it's unbelievable. That's what happened to uh, to many of us that facing uh, this appeal out of the derech and all this modern orthodox. A society, and uh, 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 unfortunately, and we can see that the border breaking again and again. Um, the, this is my point of view. You know, I have, I have a lot of things about to say about it. A, a lot of things about this kind of uh, modern orthodoxy and bro- broken fences, uh, uh, and taking our hachamim aside and putting your, uh, by a personal point of view. Uh, in the front of of our chachamim and our our uh, rabbanim that giving us the knowledge about how to behave and to act. Yes. Okay. Uh, so true. We got some uh, 
One second, I send you the, the last text. Yes, I got this very, very long message. Okay. The short message that someone is saying is they have a boss that doesn't give raises, doesn't give bonuses, and rather very rarely when we do get its small thing, which he thinks is major. And we got an offer of a bonus last week that's very not realistic, and we need him to bring, uh, to bring the point to him. Now, if you ever bring it up, basically what they're saying, anything different than what they're saying is he can start yelling. He can start almost screaming at them. So how do you deal with it, and what do you do? This is the basic question. And also, when they get a minor bonus, over the next week or two or a while, this person, this boss, will start saying, you see, you made one mistake, and you want a bonus. Do you deserve this? So it's very important to recognize that, yes, there are many bosses that way. Now, what do you do? Reminiscent, isn't there generally the simple thing where you're not happy with a place, leave? If you can't leave for whatever reason, then that's where you are. Then this is what's happening. I mean, sometimes you can't push reality. I know we like to. I know we wish things would be different. However, not always can be different. That means certain times in the Shalom bias, it is what it is. Certain situations with family, it is what it is. And what that means is we need to learn acceptance. Now, what many people say is, and this is why there are stresses, they don't want to change jobs. They want to stay in this job, but they also want to get more money. And what I call such a scenario is where you're fighting Hashem. Means, there are a bunch of made certain rules in this world. And when we don't like the rules, we get upset and we start forcing him, Lahavdil, to change it. Like we start blaming the work, the boss. He's a terrible boss. He's not a terrible boss. He's just cheap. You want more money? This job doesn't pay. Face the area. I've got many times people asking me about the therapy field, and I don't try discouraging people from being a therapist. I don't. I just tell them, find out how easy do you get jobs today? Because many people struggle. Next question, find out about the finances that you get paid. Yes, our schar and oilam is huge. However, be aware, what's the pay? It's similar if someone's going into the chinuch field, and they're having these imaginations that, wow, I will be so great that I am going to get paid X amount of money. There's an amount that a Rebbe gets paid. There's an amount that a teacher gets paid. There's an amount that a great Rebbe gets paid. But it's in that bracket, and that's it. Unfortunately, it's not more, unless you open up now your own school, and then you're going to have to deal with all the issues that go on with opening your own school. But the point that I want to illustrate is there are limits to places. And when people are upset and they're trying to fight the limits of reality, yes, I don't want to limit you because there are always people that break out of that limit. We all know someone that has broken the limits in the field. However, you need to look at the most at the right. So now if this person is complaining that the boss doesn't give a raise, the boss complains and blames if anyone even asks for a raise, then let's be aware this is the job. And when you're going to get a raise, he's going to be on top of you, and he's going to be complaining about things that you do. That is this job. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Doesn't mean you have to accept it. Or actually, it does mean that you have to accept it. But what I'm saying is it doesn't mean that you need to now be farbissen 
by saying, how do I get it? How do I get it? It's not fair. The guy's not giving it. That is this job. Just like there are limits in jobs, that's the limit in this job. You didn't know it. Maybe the person told you originally, you'll see, we give raises. And maybe to this person, this is a big raise in his mind. However, in your mind, it's not. And here is where the balance needs to start coming in. Here is where facing reality is where it gets, comes in. And therefore, it might be this is the job, this is the pay, this is the boss's personality. And now what choices am I going to make? I can choose to know this is my salary. And as expenses go up, I know this is all that I am making. We'll have to find financial positions from other places. That's always the difficulty when someone's in a job for many years. Baruch Hashem, they start off with a job that was okay, but now the family grew. And what happens once the family grows is now there is, you need more money, but at the same time, you're not able to give as many hours as you were when it was younger, because now there are more responsibilities. And now these people feel trapped, feel very trapped. I don't get it. Now I got to start from scratch? I can't. Now I can't put in those hours, or now I can't go down to a beginner pay. But these are always choices that people need to make, and there are no simple, easy choices like do this, and for sure it's going to work out. Only big, big tzaddikim can do that promise. The average, everyday person, I don't want to say like me and you, but at least I can say in my life, every step of the way there were always choices I had to make, and they were not easy, and the choices did not come easy, and there was always a price to every choice. And do I want to start from the beginning, or do I not want to start from the beginning? These are all choices that had to be made. And what I would tell this person is, you're unfortunately facing reality. You're seeing what it really is. And Rebnison, what do you say to I, this? I just, I want to add about it. This, we have a lot, we, first of all, I remember a few weeks ago, we had some question about a wife of a teacher. Yes, yeah, the Rebbe, yeah. I, uh, Rebbe, yes. I, I just want to say to the old people, you know, you have to look on the other side of the, of, of the boat, let's say this. You know, uh, uh, boss, to be a boss, people thinking the boss making fortune and money and all this stuff uh, that is, you know, involved. Oh, we deserve to. You don't know what expenses. You don't know uh, what's going on with with the boss finance, what's going on in the office. I I don't know exactly because I know for many times, many or many times, each worker feel himself like a million dollars. It deserve deserve million dollars as a raise, and I I can understand this. But sometimes, as a boss, as a people, the person that was working with other people and stuff like this, and I see that many times people don't realize how much money and how much pressure and what things that you have to do to end them to be so called boss and to be uh, running a company. That you have to pay the insurance, the taxes, the the, the bills, the the phone bills, the the the, the internet bills, the, the the cleaning people, and I I don't have to tell you know Mordechai exactly what what is going on with the market today. Things is, is really lunatic, and I know that the the really simple I would the workers uh, they don't care. They basically living the they coming eight o'clock and leaving five o'clock or four o'clock. They don't care what what time until what time the boss stay in the office and what 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 kind of pressure is or the pressure exactly pressure, all the pressure all that the pressure that is running and and it's what happened in his house what kind of this stuff stuff like this so 
Uh, it's very nice and it's very intimate, but many very nice to ask for for a, a raise. And I believe that if he's a smart boss, he will raise you without even question. If you know that he has the ability, if it, if if is if he has the ability and stuff, because he, nobody want nobody wants that his worker will leave him uh, from his office or something unless this worker is not worth it. Yes. Uh, but if you have a trainer worker that is really good for you and he put money to your business, I would say that this this boss you will be silly uh, not to raise or not to to give a compliment to the to his workers. Again, I don't know the situation in the office. Sometimes his bosses uh, difficult bosses. Yes, I know this, but most of the time I say the bosses has so much pressure, so much on the head to running and. You know, if if I look about the, the radio station, for example, how much pressure is to pay the bills and how we go over there, and everybody thinking that we are making millions, right? And Mordechai, the same with your office, always with other friends' office. I know that they, I know we have a lot of other other hosts in the radio station that are telling me exactly the same situation. What what going on with their life? Everybody expecting them to, to give away and give and give, but the the problem is. Where is the limit of the worker and the boss and the finance situation? Yes, exactly. And what's interesting about what you're saying, Rebnison, is that this is the struggle between a boss and an employee, where the boss wants to be able to make it as pleasant for the employee to want to stay and to be able to grow, but still know that there's a limit to that, as well as for the employee to know that there is reward for good work, for working there, but there's also a limit to that. Rebnissen, do we still have on the yeah, person? Yes, We've had yes. several people on. We, so. we have, we have uh, Mrs. E on the line. Mrs. E, hi, and welcome to the program. One second. No yes. one doubts their insanity. Is insanity. Their insanity in doubt? Can you say that again, please? Sorry, just repeat that again. I'm sorry. If someone doubts their insanity, is their insanity in doubt? That's a great quote. But what would you say to that? So let's let's not be so and simplify it. Someone no, doubts. That's what I'm asking because I don't know and I would like to know the answer. Oh, the answer is okay. All right. Whatever. We hang up. I think this is a prank call. Great. Um, next. I think it's really something insanity here. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. we have these people. Otherwise, you uh, wouldn't have jobs. Exactly. Definitely. Uh, okay. So we'll go to this uh, question about uh, the last one, the last text. I meant to say we both grow up to be the opposite. Of that. Let me see this message. No, no. From the, it's starting from the top. Uh, um, my my thirteen years old. Yeah, that one. I was thinking you would love that one. Okay, my hello, Mr. Weimer. I gotta realize. I'm just gonna give the disclaimer. This question is out of the scope of answering. We can create an awareness, but we need you to call up. Questions like this need to be called up and need to be one on one. Let's go ahead and read the text. Hello, Mr. Weimer. My thirteen year old is leaving to camp tomorrow. I found ninety three dollars in her socks. After questioning her and promising her that if she doesn't lie, she won't be punished, she confessed that she took it from her mother's pocketbook a very long time ago, and she took it in increments. I think 
she is lying about the long time ago, and I think the things, it diminishes the crime. I told her that there are natural consequences, like trust, that have to be built, but please tell me how to deal with it. It's very no, difficult. Continue, I think, continue. I yeah. also admit. Oh, okay, let's see. So I didn't realize that was also. I also admit that I did the same at that age, and my wife did too, but we never got caught, and we don't do it anymore. But me and my wife are very self-conscious about other people's money. I mean to say that we both grow up to be the opposite of that. But how can we make sure that it does not become her nature? Okay, well, first let's go ahead and ask, how did you grow out of it? <laughs> what did you do? Next question, why did you do it at 13? Because if your kids say, Mommy, Tati, we need money, we'll give it to you. There's no reason for them to do that. There could be money lying around in my house, $50 bill, $100 bill, and it can stay there. No one will take it at any of the ages. And the kids know whenever they need money, I don't want to say it's always a yes, but what do you need it for? And if it makes sense, of course. So I want to be aware, teaching kids about honesty, about money, respecting money, respecting that there's a price, when yes, when no, when they see this on you, they will learn that. I wonder how they feel about speaking to you when they need something. Do they get sure? Let's discuss it. Let's understand it. It's important for you to have something. Money is just a number. Some have more in their account. Some have less about in their account. The stress and the emotions that we put to that has nothing to do with how much you have. There are people that have a lot that are very frustrated and stressed on every dollar and penny that's spent. And there are people that have a little that are loose and easy about it. So money has very little to do with how much you have about your emotions behind it. Yeah, I, um, so what do you say to Yes, I, I said that this is this is exactly the point that I want to, to, uh, to ask them is uh, what, what happened else during the daily routine. I'm saying like this. First of all, it seems like the parents somehow tagged the, 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 the daughter uh, as a liar or something. First of all, you know, kids are not liars and are not stealers. Sometimes if they feel like, you know, uh, definitely not 13 years old. And I, I think that the, the idea that kids have to ask the parents something and maybe the kids feel that the parents don't have money and something like this. But it seems much deeper that uh, the relationship uh, with the parents, as you said before, that we want to believe that our kids will ask us and they will get it. And uh, if I don't have the money, I would say, listen, my son, my daughter, I don't have it right now. I'll try to get something. But uh, uh, this is something very important. As we say, trust, build trust. And the point that you raised in the beginning, how do you grow up? Uh, how do you grow up from this? Because you admitted that you did it. A, it could be curiosity. B, it's like kind of adrenaline, you know, just trying to daring something to do that you never you never did it before and something like this and uh and three right. and the three first time now they're going to camp and they I, need it so maybe they just took it from your wallet now exactly but and maybe a I, friend did it and then it's a discussion it's not about that she's a liar or stealing no, no not at all but but one thing that i want to raise here why you shake a sax why you check your socks? It's meaning something wrong here. I don't check my children. 
You know, I, I, and this is a man writing it. If it's a mother, it's yeah. normal. You're doing the laundry. Yeah, but but this is something that it's before they going to the camp. They moved. They basically, it's what I think that when they prepare the 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 the, the, the uh, luggage, they brought it. They checked it. Uh, it's it sounds sound very very strange, very strange. I I I don't I don't know. It seems like I I I don't think about you know that I I don't think that I would check my my children uh, luggage. Let them first of all. I'll try to help them to to pack, you know handle all the stuff and put in a suitcase. But they they own the, the decision what to put inside, how to put inside, and all this. I will I, I will make a list with them. I, I don't I don't I don't check them. And believe me, <laughs> I, they they show me they show me a lot of a lot of things that I you know I said you know okay, you take it. Mm-hmm. But but this so, is a, a very a, my question is like uh, uh, why you check it you know why you check you you you. I really uh, I would love that if you called call us and just talking about it. Oh, exactly. okay. So the answer, the answer is my wife found it, and my wife found it while doing laundry. Okay. 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 So okay, I I I understand that. Okay. Uh, very okay. Now, what I would add on to this. Yes. Is to have a discussion about it, like you discussed about honesty, like you discussed about what do you want to buy, how do we how do we spend money. How do we learn that we don't always have things that we want? That we discuss with them different things that you want, and that's important. Now let's go okay. ahead and get some more, please. Okay, we we one second, Mordechai. We have Mrs. S. Okay, Mrs. S. Welcome. Hello, Mrs. S. Hi, you hear me? Yes. Yes, you're on. <laughs> okay, first I want to thank you for everything, what you are doing, because it's an understatement to say thank you for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the first time I'm on live. Oh, I'm that's calling live. Move. <laughs> I have to take a deep breath. Go ahead. Um, and I want to ask a question. Uh, le- um, lately, I hear a lot that teenagers calling in to ask that they have friends, uh, boys or girls, that they have issues. Yes. And they're talking to them like a therapist. Yeah. I want to ask is the, the other side that is a teenage has problems and she's going for help. And her friends put pressure on her to tell her why she's coming late in school or something. And she wants to be the friend for them and not to tell them the issues. That's right. Excellent, yes. So if you can say something for the teenagers, they, they're listening to the line. Excellent. So to teenagers that are listening and friends are trying to push you, just as we teach people how to say no and not to, let's say, when you want to set a limit and not to give in to it, mm-hmm. the same is what we need to learn when people ask you personal questions. 
Mm-hmm. And that is, A, about therapy, but other stuff. To be able to say, I don't want to discuss this topic. could be about family. could be other stuff. Right. What's happening? Where are you going? How are your parents showing bias? I see you're down. What's going on? That's so none this, of your business right now. That's right. And, and teenagers, again, you're still a teenager. You can ask for help from your parents. You can ask help from your family. That's right. So this I want to say. And, again, I want to thank you. I took the Stress to Inner Peace workshop and the workshop for uh, difficult personalities. And I'm listening two years, and it's mamish unbelievable. Yeah. You're really, you're really saving Doris. <laughs> this thank is what you. I can say. Thank you. So thank Excellent. you. So the awareness I hope we're able to help is we need to learn to say no. There are people that are going to be asking you questions all the time. People right. ask me questions all the time. Because I'm in a position they feel very comfortable asking. And they get insulted if I don't want to answer sometimes. However, when you learn to respond nicely, thank you for your request. I hear you asking a question. I'm not going to address it now. But why? It's so simple. Why can't you just do it? And the answer is, I really appreciate your question. You're allowed to ask. I'm just not going to. And this happens Mm -hmm. all the time. Let me ask you, you're an adult. How many times does someone ask you something personal? Let's see, are you going to the wedding? And you say, no, why not? Don't you have that? And there could be personal reasons not. That's right. But an adult has the strength to say, I, I don't feel comfortable to give you an answer. Somebody asked me and say something. May I ask you something? I told him, No. So I told him he wants to, but he wants to know. I told him too bad, but I'm not going to answer you. But a young child don't have the strength for it. Yes. I think, uh, right. mother, I think that we always say that to the young generation, to the very smart, Bemet, really, the, our our it's children right. are very smart and very, uh, uh, you know, aware about uh, the environment, about other people around them, that. It's there not. It's not that duty to be a therapist. They need to go to help, uh, ask helping, uh, try to direct it to the to the parents, to direct to the principals, the teacher, to the mora, to the rabbis. This whole idea of the awareness of uh, Mordechai and Jerut Radio. Right, hundred percent. It's really mamish. The biggest and I would like organization to also add what you're saying with teenagers. That teenagers practice it with your mother. Let's say someone like you. Practice with your teenager how to reply. Because they're going to say, it's not fair. Maybe do things differently. And the answer is, Mm -hmm. I really get you. However, this is what's necessary. Mm -hmm. I say that it's the biggest organization today, what you are doing, without to make uh, fundraising and without to make uh, auctions and everything. You are helping so many people, so many families, that it's Mamish Akedish Hashem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you touch a very painful (laughs) problem. No fundraising and nothing. Yes, we know this. We are are struggling every moment. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And I 
so many times in the in the in the radio about it that we don't take uh, a, under the age nine it's age because and unfortunately and this question is raised the question that teachers and mechanchim uh, just tag some kids unfortunately many of many of our mechanchim don't have the experience this is something that we raise the awareness uh, about about not tagging a, a, a kid about right. they said you know so and if many... they're concerned they get evaluated exactly yes I that's... share with everyone I have this great story I it happened two weeks ago people came in from very far but I was honored to tell about a 16 year old a 17 year old teenager to the parents Bar Hashem your kid is healthy 
normal teenage issues, no diagnosis, no letters after that. Most of the time, I don't have the schuss to be able to say that. And we need to come up with a plan. But yes, it's important for us and for Mechanchem to recognize our goal is not to diagnose. Our goal is to help a person develop healthy. That's our goal, and that's what we're trying to share. However, if there are professionals realizing it or seeing something, then it's time to start questioning. As well, you want to make sure that the person isn't over-diagnosing. That's also very important because certain agencies, again, it's it's controversial for me to say because it's illegal to diagnose someone if they don't need it, but sometimes it's a borderline, and that might happen. But again, still to create the awareness. If people in the field notice something, wouldn't you be happier if it's addressed earlier on than that suffering for a couple of years and it could have been addressed earlier and your kid would have an easier time? Again, that is the balance that is very complicated. And for that, we need to have Siata Deshmaya. And do we go to Mrs. B. Ravnison? Yes, yes, definitely. Excellent. Mrs. B, hi. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi. First, I'd like to thank you for everything. My pleasure and honor. I really appreciate the awareness and the lectures, the questions. It's amazing. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Um, I have a relative that went through a tragedy years ago, and we speak a lot. And she constantly keeps on bringing it up, and it's hard for me to. She speaks. She speaks about it very, um, like easily. Like even if it doesn't even come in, she just speaks about it. And um, for me, it's very hard because I'm more sensitive person. And when she talks about it, I put myself into it. And she just wants to, that's her way of coping, by just talking and talking about it. And I feel like she would need to talk to someone else, not to me. Yeah, so what's your question? My question is, um, what can I do not to take it on a very, like, be all sensitive about it and not to... It shouldn't be so hard to me to talk with her because the fact is that she always brings it up. So what would you like to tell her? It's, um, in this case, I can't tell her not to do it. What would you want to say? I would, if I would be able to, I would want to say, please find yourself someone to talk to, but I can't say it. So what would you like to tell them? First know what would you like to say? I don't think I could tell her something. There are things okay. I want to say, but I can't. So recognize what's going on. So you're an adult, and someone is saying things, and part of life is learning to create a boundary. And you don't have that skill. She's older than me. This is normal what happens in life. When you need to create a boundary, you need to create a limit 
and you're missing that skill. And maybe you could do it in other areas. But maybe what you're missing is the ability to do that when someone has emotional difficulties or emotional um, pain. Hello. Yes. So what are you hearing? I'm hearing that really I should be able to set the boundaries and not let myself be the um, listener if I don't want That's right. And that's a skill that we all need at times. If she's if she's older than me, it's not respectful for me to say it. How can I say it in a... She's older than me. I feel like I can Let can't. her be 100 years older than you. You still are... There's a lot of information that we're missing. And part of the information is that Hashem still puts you in your body where you need to create boundaries. That's part of why Hashem put you in this world and nowhere else. Is there a way to do it without making her feel bad? Of course, certainly. That's a whole different question. Now, I need. Uh, let me rephrase. I can say, of course, certainly. We don't know how other people will react. We could know about your intention. We can try to do it as gentle as possible. I think that, uh, you know, just uh, if you go with with truth for, and said, you know, really, I love you, I care about you, just something that I cannot take it, uh, you know, I, I would appreciate if you talk with other people or other, you know, this something, uh, this is my opinion, sorry that I jump over. Go ahead. That's that's what that my approach. I would say that uh, I really like, I really love you. We care about you. Even just you're older than me, and I appreciate your your wisdom, and I appreciate your experience, life experience. But in, in this case, I cannot, end, I cannot handle it. I cannot. Uh, that's right. I do that a lot, by the way. I want to know what Nissen said. Like, listen, they think, "Wow, I'm the therapist. I can handle everything." Absolutely, I can't. I've, I, I can think of two clients this past week where they started with their stories. I go, no, 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 no. I cannot handle hearing what you're sharing. Let me tell you what I first need. I first need to hear positives. I first need to hear how you're growing. I first need to hear what you have set up. Then I can hear the pain. And I also clarified when you share pain, I cannot handle someone sharing pain without the intention of improving. So if you tell me, let's say, I'm so sad this person yelled at me, I'm angry this person yelled at me, then you would need to finish off the sentence saying, and I'm going to learn how to protect myself. I'm going to learn how to change, how to uh, interact with such people that either they won't go that level or I'll have how to change it or how to deflect their words, which means I use it a lot. I'm able to say what I cannot handle. And I wonder what would happen if you would be able to do that, the way Rav Nissen said. If you tell her, I really enjoy speaking to you. You're so smart. You're wise. You have a lot of life experience. You even went through some traumas and tragedies. That's amazing. I am sensitive that I cannot handle hearing, discussing those traumas. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing? I'm hearing um, an, an idea of how to approach her. Mm-hmm. I think it will take her time, and like she will have to, till she will be able to accept what I said. 
explain to me why. How would she react if I say that? She would be very, very shocked. And I don't think it would help because it's, to her it's like a habit. You make an assumption, you know. I would say that if you said it, tell, let's let's talk about positive things, about things that you see now. We're standing here, we're talking, you know. What look around ourselves, what we have, what you have. Look what how many grandchildren, how many, you know, whatever they what they have stuff like this, you know. And they said I I, I had enough with with the complaining, you know. Uh, especially as a Jewish people, we just always say to so thanks God, we have Baruch Hashem, we have what we have. And everything is to my Kadosh Baruch Hu. I think it will be. And he said, if you start talking about negative, I cannot, I cannot take it. Right. Is it just and you'll talking? See, I'm sensitive. And you mm-hmm. are, because I am. Mm-hmm. I do not have an issue. With someone saying they're sensitive. Oh, this is your limit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even if she just talks about it, not. She doesn't mean to, to well, talk about it now. Well, how are you a, handling it? Is it hard for you or not? It's hard to me, but she's just talking about it like her memories, just talking and talking. Wonderful. Not an so emotional. Not with she, anyone, just not with me. What about nice memory? About positive memory? From yeah, this. she will also say that. Okay, uh, so, okay, so beautiful. Just you say, you know what? I I loved I loved that your story about this event that you told me about that the happiness and simcha that you have been. I loved to hear about this. Please continue about this and try to to maneuver it to the, the positive sides. Mm-hmm. Not go if they, she start talking about the bed and sad stuff like this. Please, I cannot write. I, I'm not in a mood to listen. I want to listen something happy. I just let's put a music, listen to a music, a, a positive music. You know, something. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Fine. I appreciate very much your advice. You're welcome. Thank you. You should have much continuous luck in all your endeavors. Amen. 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 And know that it's wonderful and nice how you are caring for others, and it's also important for us to know our limits. Limits means what we can do and what we can't do. Someone just sent you a message. Maybe send her a nice letter when you feel she might be hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, let's, move, let's take the last caller. Okay, let's go ahead and take the last caller. Okay, we'll go to uh, Mrs. L. Mrs. L. Welcome. Hello, Mrs. L. Fall asleep. Okay. It seems All like. Right. Hello. Hello. Yes, Mrs. L. Yes, am I on the line? Okay. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Okay. Hi. Um, compliments to all your things you're doing. Really, really enjoy it immensely, and I benefit from it, as do many others. Um, I have actually a disclaimer to make. Sure, please do that. Okay, I got a feedback from somebody that called me last week or a week before, I don't remember when, telling me that she heard me on the line and she heard what I asked and the whole story, and it was not me. I didn't know what she was talking about. So what I want to say is that people should know when you hear a voice and you think you know for sure it's this person, don't be so sure. You could be all wrong. And the other side of the coin 
don't be afraid to call in because people don't really recognize your voice. Sometimes they do, but mostly they don't. Wow, that is nice. That's yeah. excellent, yeah. I'm not, I might have to tell you that my daughter called in twice, and she told me, did you hear it? I always listen to your things. I did not hear it. I didn't recognize your voice at all. And then I went back and listened again, and I, then I did recognize it. But at the first, first call, I did not. So people should be be um, sure that they're not really being recognized. People can sigh and think and say, "It's, it's you could call, it's fine. This is really yeah. beautiful. I, I, I'm telling you that it's, it's amazing because I know that people are upset sometimes. And No, no, and people, people, I'm telling you, they were so sure it was me. I didn't know what she's talking about. Maybe part of what she said fitted me. I don't know. I don't even know. I, didn't, I went back and I couldn't even figure out which one she meant was me. That's how, that's how off she was. So, you know, like, you might as well just call when you need to call and don't worry about it because people could make mistakes and they do. And always mm-hmm. it's a good lesson for us to learn to be melamitzchut yeah. on other, yeah. other people. Right, right. And if I have another thing to, to um, like a Go sort ahead. of an awareness thing. We have an organization, a very nice organization, it's called Chesed. Chesed. They give rights to people who have long-term hospital stays and the need shifts and people to come and go, and they, they're very nice about it. I was doing a shift for, for a child one morning, and I had to take over a man who was there at night, so they had to be early. And okay, I was ready. I said, fine, I'll go 8 o'clock, no problem. And I'm standing, I'm never, never late. I, when I, somebody picks me up, I, 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 this one thing I'll never have to give, give them the cash before. Nobody ever waits for me. So I wait at 8 o'clock, I'm outside, I sit into the car, and the man tells me he has another two stops to make. He's picking up another two passengers. Fine, what could I do? You know, beggars can't be choosy. He makes a stop for one person. He waits about three minutes, and the person comes out and sits into the car, and then he goes to the next stop and waiting and waiting and waiting and three minutes and five minutes and seven minutes and ten minutes. And I was thinking to myself, like, what do these people think? They're getting a free ride. They're taking a face from somebody. Why don't they consider this? this, this and never mind me. Everybody around me, the person who's waiting in the hospital, the person who's, the whole thing, the person who's driving, he's just doing a chesed. And it ended up, he waited, I would say, 12 minutes. Uh-huh. I think I think it's. I thought it was disgusting. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I thought very it was nice like, of you to create this awareness, and yeah. also to share how what a beautiful organization Chesed is that people are volunteering. Let's say they are working yeah. in one area and they're heading home, or they're right. passed by a hospital. People do it. It is a beautiful organization. It was a time that my grandfather was in the hospital a couple of years ago, right. and I know my mother used them. And like you would, it was, it's an unbelievable chesed because someone that needs to go to a hospital for about two months straight, not right. always are the trains going there. You need to take mm-hmm. a train and a bus. You don't want to spend an hour and a half going, and especially, let's say, from Brooklyn to Manhattan or sometimes to Muncie. Right. And it's costly. A car service will cost right. you twice a day. It's expensive. And here are people. It's amazing how people are volunteering their time, how Some doing something that they're doing. Plane. 
Some people make major. a special trip for this. They make a trip. But That's I think right, and there are people that do this as their chesed, that this is their money, the gas and tolls exactly. are their chesed, yes. So I think people should be very, very sens- sensitive and considerate to these people who are doing it and not let them wait. They should wait for them. Uh, you're right, 100%, but sometimes, be, as we said before, be melamed schut, could be that I, I, I try, I'm uh, trying be, to, but be I don't think, schut on them. Maybe, I, I, maybe. Let's, I, I don't know who these people are, so okay. I didn't uh, say anything to anyone. Uh, maybe, maybe just, add something. I think with... it's, a, it's an important awareness that people should right. think about it. That, you know, you're calling, you're asking for a ride. They told you a night before that you should be ready at 8 o'clock. Be outside 5 to 8, not 5 after 8. Consider Excellent. The Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. I think you've made it, and it's appreciated. Yes. Hatzlacha. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much for all your, whatever you're doing. It's really special. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Good Mordechai, wow. Another show. Yeah. Uh, just I want to say about the, the parents, about the girls, you know, the 13 years old. And they yeah. uh, they said she's not uh, deprived of uh, materialist items, you know. I, I just was, it's a simple kind of it's, education. It's, you know, simple, simple, really, it's simple that, you know, look at yourself, and, you know, as a parent, make the awareness, see that it's like a, a passing age. There could be she just want to test you to see something for her, herself. And I don't, I, please don't tag your daughter. She's like an excellent daughter and give her the trust. Yes. Thank you all. Thank you very much. And good night to all. Hatzlacha and have a wonderful evening. Amen.